Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome, as always, to This Day in Miami History. Anytime I have a, an in-depth conversation with a guest for an episode, I always like to share uh, the full conversation, and uh, that is no exception today. As part of our episode about Pope John Paul II's visit to Miami in 1987, I was able to speak to Monsignor Pablo Navarro, who is the rector president of St. John Vianney College Seminary and Graduate School, located in Westchester. As you heard in the episode, Monsignor Navarro has an incredible perspective on Catholicism in Miami in the latter part of the 20th century and the 21st century, considering his role as priest secretary to Archbishop Edward McCarthy for almost 15 years, as well as his time leading parishioners at St. John Newman Catholic Church, and of course his time at St. John Vianney. Our focus in our conversation was on the Pope's visit uh, to Miami for obvious reasons, uh, but just the insights of the church in general, I think are really worthwhile. And uh, Monsignor is a great guy. Uh, I've known him for uh, about as long as I've been in Miami and uh, as a leader of a group of parishioners and as a guy, just a tremendous person. So getting a chance to talk to him was fantastic and learning more about this very unique point in Miami history was, as I mentioned earlier, invaluable. Uh, so please do enjoy our conversation, our time together uh, over the air, over a podcast today. And uh, I'll be back with you at the end of the episode to remind you where to follow us, where to check us out if you're interested in learning more about Miami history. The high times and low times, all in the All right, so I'm speaking with Monsignor Pablo Navarro, uh, who is the rector of St. John Vianney uh, Seminary in Westchester, and who has a pretty uh, interesting personal story and a connection to Pope John Paul II's visit in 1987. Uh, Monsignor Navarro, thank you so much for speaking with me. First off, but before we get into the Pontus visit, can you explain your role with Archbishop McCarthy before the Pope comes and, and, and how your connection with Archbishop McCarthy gives you really insight into how this all works. Well, the, the connection was, uh, you're correct, and, and thank you, by the way, for asking me to, to uh, assist you in this. Uh, it's a joy for me. Um, uh, the, the connection is because I was the assistant to Archbishop McCarthy for a few years, uh, since uh, 1979 uh, through 1993. Uh, so, of course, I was before and after the papal visit, um, I was assisting the archbishop. So because of that and because the Pope stayed at the house where, where uh, you know, our archbishop's house, that was also where I lived, uh, that was the, the connection. Um, so uh, a lot of the, um, we had a, a wonderful uh, team uh, that was put together. Monsignor uh, Judo Daugherty was uh, in charge of the team for, for Miami. Uh, and I was uh, the liaison for the part of the, the house and the, um, 
uh, you know, the accommodations to the Holy Father, et cetera, et cetera, and also the, the running of the ceremonies. Uh, but, but we had, I could never have done that. Uh, uh, the ushers could have never accomplished that without the, the, the assistance of so many people. We had, uh, you know, uh, and the, the team now was only the priests uh, from the archdiocese and religious and lay people who were so very wonderful, but also they included the... Um, uh, firefighters and uh, police and uh, politicians and so uh, it was um, it was very interesting because in C uh, entered through Miami Miami was the entry port and since he is considered uh, in a secular way although obviously he's Pope so he should be the religious leader for us but as far as the country's concerned he is a secular leader he's a president of a country uh, so therefore he was received here by uh, President Reagan and, and Mrs. Reagan, Nancy Reagan. Um, in fact, they, they greeted him at the airport and then they uh, had a, a conference after that uh, at Vizcaya. And it's very interesting because um, that was uh, one of those meetings that, that was cited much later on uh, as the conversation between the Holy Father and President Reagan that eventually brought about the, uh, the change in government in, in, uh, in Poland. Uh, of course, uh, Holy Father would have been very influential because he was very much looked up to by the Poles, uh, being a Pole himself. Um, so I think that, that that gave a lot of encouragement to the people that wanted to free themselves at the time. I don't know if, I, if I'm diverting or digressing too much. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's fine. You, you have the experience with all this, so anything and everything you have to offer is always great. I, I, I will circle back to a thing or two you mentioned. So b- before... The Holy Father arrives in Miami. You're you're involved in this legwork, like you said. You're involved in both the, uh, the 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 event planning, kind of the spiritual and the uh, the, this the practical in the, terms the of logistics. Yeah. Yes, the logistics, just getting someone into town. Yeah, and, we, and we were kind of drilled about all this uh, for a previous year, uh, both by the uh, Secret Service handles all the visits of the uh, of any uh, diplomat or any foreign dignitary as well as the uh, the Vatican Secret Service who obviously was concerned about his uh, security uh, so um, uh, we were we were receiving uh, instructions from the point of view of how to handle the Holy Father uh, you know and from a, from a point of view of a head of state but I also had even more importantly you know um, the concern of, of he is our religious leader. He's not just a head of state. Uh, so, you know, uh, therefore we had ceremonies, we had meetings with uh, religious leaders, both with, with the uh, Jewish community, uh, as well as with uh, the uh, uh, community at large, you know, uh, uh, Catholics as well as uh, other Christians. So um, it, was, uh, it, it was, there was a lot of work, a lot of work involved, a lot of logistics. Uh, of course, the Holy Father doesn't travel by himself. There's usually, you know, uh, a, a group that travels with him, his advisors, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, there's also reporters. So it, it's, uh, it's makes it for a very, you know, you, you would think a, a papal visit or any type of visit of any dignitary, you know, would be a simple thing, but it never is because of all the contingencies uh, with it. Uh, speaking of the contingencies, something you mentioned that I wanted to get into in terms of how you had to approach it kind of individually arranging these things and also how the archdiocese and also how the church at large 
deals with this. There, there well, is again. I, I, I worked with a group. Thanks be to God. So uh, you know, although I was uh, you know uh, part of the team, and then obviously I was you know the liaison with the archbishop and the team, but nevertheless, uh, it, this could never have happened without the, the the cooperation of the team, and that included you know uh, a lot of the services from from city and county, which of course they were remunerated for. But for uh, sure, nevertheless, you know. It was good today that they were able to do this. No, absolutely. Um, one one of the things you mentioned is there was a, a concerted effort as part of the planning um, to create interfaith dialogue, particularly with South Florida's Jewish community. And a, a bit of a curveball was thrown into that um, when the Pope hosted the Austrian president, Carl uh, uh, Waldheim. And there was some tension there, and it, it seems that the Vatican and, and folks involved seem to do a pretty effective job of bringing the dialogue back and actually making positive gains towards towards building that relationship. What's it like being a, a, just a, a, a priest a, 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 from Miami, again, having to deal with the Secret Service, having to deal with these kind of international affairs? Like, just from your perspective, keeping all this in your mind, what was that like? What was the... How'd you handle it, I guess? Well, I guess looking back, it just kind of sounds terribly simplistic, but it was really one day at a time. Hmm. Uh, each day brought new new items and new uh, things to remember. But, you know, it, it, when push comes to shove at the, at the end, uh, it ended up that uh, some things were changed last minute because the Holy Father decided that he wanted to do something else uh, than what was planned. And, uh, um, it, you know, it, it, the general schedule was kept, but how it was kept, um, he was he was known for throwing last minute curveballs, uh, and uh, one of them, for example, uh, was the fact of uh, we were told both by the uh, by the Vatican Secret Service as well as his own personal secretary, Monsignor um, Jivish, uh, that in the morning he would speak to nobody because since his day is usually so utterly busy. The morning is the only time that he had for prayer and for quiet and, and to gather his thoughts, which I can definitely understand. Um, but what happened was that since they got in uh, around six o'clock our time, but that was already, you know, midnight their time. Uh, by the time that, that, you know, they had the meeting at, at Vizcaya with the president and, and the first lady, and, and by the time that they, um, uh, we had the uh, you know, the uh, parade through uh, Biscayne Boulevard, which was, by the way, was very, very funny because all, the, all these people were holding signs up in, in Polish. And uh, and the Archbishop sort of innocently, you know, said there many Polish people in the Archdiocese. So he, he the Holy Father just laughed and he said, no, there are Cubans holding up signs saying, pray for Cuba in Polish. <laughs> so, they did their research. But anyway... Yeah, they, yeah, they surely did. So, you know, uh, by the time we got to, to the house, there was a dinner prepared. But, of course, the dinner for us was probably 9 o'clock at night. For him, it would have been like 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but he was all animated. And uh, and he basically, uh, you know, was enjoying the, the dinner. Because on top of everything else, we had this one uh, um, uh, musician, a harpist, uh, a Peruvian harpist, uh, that played, uh, I don't know where he got it, but he, he learned to play some of the Polish mountain songs. So, of course, the Holy Father was also singing along, so he was very animated, and his uh, personal secretary, was uh, Monsignor Jivish, was, uh, 
you know, dad said that he should go to bed and, and rest. Well, he, he, he would have none of it. So, of course, next morning, uh, the Holy Father gets up early. And, of course, we were told that nobody should talk to him because he's to gather his thoughts. Uh, but, of course, his secretary was supposed to serve him breakfast in his room. But his secretary overslept because of the jet lag. So hmm. I was having breakfast on my own. And he just came out and went, since I was told, you know, that he didn't talk to me, but I picked up everything to go into the kitchen. And he just motioned and says, no, 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 I'll have breakfast with you. So, you know, there's one of those curveballs that you never, you could have never planned, but, but it just happened. So what's, I mean, looking back on that now, it's been 35 years, the, the opportunity to, to dine, to sit, to break bread with, with the Pope, uh, just personally, like, what, what does that mean to you? What, what significance does that hold? Oh, that was that was an uh, that was a once in a lifetime unbelievable event, totally unplanned. Uh, I was extremely clumsy the first few minutes because I didn't know, you know, I was sort of babbling away, <laughs> knowing what to say. And uh, he spoke both in English and perfect English, perfect Spanish, uh, asking questions, and, and that's that's what it, and sort of uh, warmed me into him. It was the fact of uh, he started asking about the youth and and. Uh, what do we do for for youth? Uh, um, you know, what programs do we have for them? Uh, you know, uh, how are we uh, informing youth? You know, of the, of the, of the love of Christ, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it, he was very, very interested in general about the church, um, but also he was very interested, in particular, about the youth. He was, uh, if you recall, he was the one that established the World Youth Days. Yes. Um, also, he was very uh, interested in in minority groups and, and in fact um, among his uh, the people that came with him he didn't have anybody to advise him on Creole on, on, on Haitian Creole so I, I was able to find somebody for him that was that was able to um, you know to help him with the text and he delivered the text next day and from what I understand from uh, some of my Haitian friends that he spoke perfectly well of course he was very gifted in languages so um, it was uh, it was very interesting um, as I look back, you know, now that I am uh, thawed out from the from being frozen at first, hmm. but actually I, I got a chance to cook for him because our housekeeper herself was not in yet. It was very early in the morning; it was five thirty. So um, basically, uh, and one of the things, ironically, that he asked for is, is he asked if we had any mangoes. <laughs> really? And thanks be to God, the only the only mango we had left in the tree because you know all the neighborhood kids used to come in and and. and uh, borrow the mangoes permanently. <laughs> um, there was only one left, so he had the last one. So I had to ask him, he says, uh, Holy Father, being from Poland, how do you know mangoes? So he says, oh, uh, I, I visited Philippine a couple of times, and, and I've had them there, and I love them. So uh, that was one of, the, one of the treats I was able to provide for him, besides, you know, a regular breakfast that we, that we had. <laughs> Truly uh, the world's fruit. Uh, loved all the world around. Um, so- oh, yes. <laughs> you 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 took one of the one of the questions out of my mouth. I was going to ask about the Pope's comments in Creole um, uh, a, a, after uh, uh, visiting uh, the chapel there uh, near Morningside. I believe it was could could be crossed up there. But and and and, and you kind of addressed that the idea that he's uh, you, you there's outreach with the community and he did really nail it. He did a pretty good job um, in, in terms of delivering that in a, in a language he may not have been um, incredibly familiar with. So the the first day. The landing, the visit with the president on the tarmac, going to speak with priests, going to speak with the community, parade down Biscayne Boulevard to bed, wake up with breakfast. Then there's the day of the mass, right? The the, the big day at Tamiami. 
I, one of the questions I have is, spoil, spoiler alert, if you listen to the episode, you know what happens during the mass. We'll talk about it in a second ago. In, in a second, though. Right. Um, before the mass, it was the, the meeting with the, with the Jewish leadership. Yes, correct. And, and so that meeting goes off, and it seems like it goes off pretty darn well, considering that this was a, this was a point in, in the church's history where there was this effort at reconciliation, but the, the, the tie had not been set yet, that it was, it was a matter of building. The bridge had not been built um, fully. And, and so coming out of that meeting, was there a feeling that, all right, there's some momentum here, this feels good, or, or was there still a matter of... Um, no, definitely, definitely it was, um, for many reasons. Uh, um, you know, I think the, the Jewish community at first was a little bit miffed because he met with the Jewish community here in Miami and not in New York. Um, and I think the New York, the, 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 uh, the, the Jewish community in New York was a little bit slighted at first, or at least that's what, that was our understanding. Um, but uh, the Jewish community in Miami has had a, a traditionally wonderful relationship with the church from the time of Archbishop Carroll. Uh, so um, it, it, we have always worked together well. Um, so there's never been any matter of tension. In fact, uh, the the Jewish community um, was very very generous during the time of the of the papal visit. Uh, so uh, the Pope, um, of course, you know, uh, being uh, Polish and and uh, having grown up with uh, among a, a rather sizable uh, Jewish community. Um, was able to, to speak to them in, in Yiddish. Uh, and I think that, that really moved some of them, uh, some, especially some of the older ones, some of the more traditional ones, um, that are, unfortunately are no longer with us because, you know, the passage of time. Um, so uh, in, I think that meeting uh, went very, very well. I was present at that meeting, and I saw, um, you know, among some of the rabbis who are friends of mine um, and some who have passed, uh, they were truly, truly touched and truly moved, and and and, and uh, uh, very touched that the Holy Father would meet with them here in Miami, uh, uh, because uh, the 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 normal place to meet a sizable Jewish community would have been either New York or Los Angeles, uh, and and not here. Uh, so um, they were very, very touched and very moved by that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Wonderful. So th- that meeting concludes, and then it builds up to the big event, the, the Mass and Tammy. Am I missing anything? I-, I-, I did forget that meeting was on the second day, but then-, then we're heading to the Mass, correct? Right, correct. Okay, so my first question is, Miami being Miami, weather being what it is, I understand that this may have been no, but was there an awareness that, that the weather could present uh, an imminent threat, not just that, oh, you know, Miami, but that was there an awareness that 
something was coming no, or the, 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 no the best the best um, um, you know reports that we had was that it was going to be clear remember we didn't have what we have today with with uh, people that have cell phones for sure they can uh, know exactly when the storm is going to pass through and you know more or less you know uh, within minutes they can find out more or less uh, uh, the weather um, it was not so in those days. In those days, basically, you uh, trusted the, the the weather person, and we, you know, that the weather person was not necessarily always correct. Right. Um, I think you know we always uh, used to joke that, that God has a sense of humor because he waited until the the uh, weatherman or the weather uh, girl would give the uh, the um, report, and then they would he would change the weather on them just to just to spite them. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, we we did not. It was sunny. It was a sunny day. It was a beautiful day. And and the the those very very dark black clouds just rolled in, you know, uh, in the middle of mass. So at the beginning, the very beginning was fine. And and the problem was not the rain. The problem was was uh, thunder and lightning yes. because the entire structure where the Holy Father celebrated the the mass uh, was all made of of uh, steel. So. Um, they, they were afraid, and, and of course, it was a very large cross right behind the Holy Father's seat, uh, and the cross was also steel. So they were afraid that it would be, uh, uh, if there was lightning, that that there could be a, a danger that the Holy Father could be hurt or killed. And actually, it was the um, the county manager who was the one that that uh, asked for for it to be called off. Um, obviously, we continued the mass in the trailer afterwards, but uh, at least a public part of the mass. So we went all the way up to the Liturgy of the Word. We finished the, he finished the homily. And then um, it was after that that it was uh, we concluded in the, uh, the trailer with, that we had set up for the Holy Father. Uh, but on the way there, although he was drenched already you know, <laughs> with rain, he made it a point to stop at the tent world. He went one by one giving them blessings um, mm. and then continued to the trailer, uh, which was kind of like a... A double wide mobile home type thing and uh that's where he basically we concluded the eucharist and um then afterwards, afterwards the sun came out uh it was beaming and he came out and for the folks that remained a lot of people had remained uh soaking wet so he gave them a blessing and um gave a, a little bit of a you know a, a fervorino talk to them um so and it's really interesting because you know of all the people that I know that that including myself that got totally drenched they nobody got sick which was kind of like a miraculous in itself. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be. So that 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 was actually a I had to do some digging about that particular point because I was fascinated. I, I know that um, when it comes to to Catholic mass in particular, it's it's kind of like the train. Once the train starts running, you're it's not really supposed to stop. And I know that was kind of out of order. It's kind of an unusual circumstance, but there there were very good extenuating circumstances, and you kind of addressed it. So, the the Pope, and are you in the trailer as this is happening as well? Yes, yes. So you're you're going. There were, there were the, the the bishops that were present were there, along with the uh, with the Pope's uh, secretary, Monsignor Jivish, and myself. And so basically, the rest of the mass that w- was intended for. A quarter million people or more is kind of done in in this small container, basically, right. to right. to right. tie up the ceremony, to tie up the mass. Yeah. In fact, we have we have photos of that here at the seminary, uh, where we uh, we have um, the altar where he said where he finished celebrating that mass in the trailer. 
which was a, a regular table. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it here at the seminary. We have some of the photos uh, taken when Mass is celebrating at that table. So we, we have that here. That's pretty fantastic. That's pretty great. Um, so what's the... I'm, and maybe everyone is there's maybe there's it's too busy and there's too much going on to even kind of stop and think. But was was there any sort of reaction by the Pope or, or his his uh, his representatives that this kind of this plan goes awry a little bit? And obviously, it's not in anyone's hands. Oh, but he, besides, he was terribly terribly disappointed. He was disappointed because he really thought. I mean, he had never. In fact, he told us later on, it's the very first time in his entire priesthood. That, that he never finished a, a Mass publicly. I mean, he obviously finished a Mass, but he didn't, did not finish it publicly. So actually, it, it worked for our advantage in, in Miami because uh, every time that we went to Rome after that, um, we would always say, Holy Father, we're from Miami where you did not finish a Mass, so we need to have a Mass with you. So he, <laughs> he would always say, Miami, Miami, Miami. You know? <laughs> so, but he would always have a, a special mass for us, uh, for the Miami folks, uh, whenever we went back. So that was, uh, uh, that was, you know, we, we, we really milked that for all it was worth. I was a, a silver lining to a literal cr- uh, cloud um, uh, with Pope John Paul II. So he departs, um, he takes off, and he, and he goes on this, I believe, a 10-city tour, largely across right. the Sun Belt, the south, and, and up into the, um, the Pacific Coast to a bit. Oh, and then Detroit too, right? Detroit, St. Louis. Right. Yes. Detroit okay. was the last one. Detroit yes. was the last one. Um, when when he when he takes off and and it's over, what's your reaction? Do you just go home and collapse into a chair somewhere for five days, or are you on a well, on a buzz, or is there just so much more to do? Well, it, I mean, it was a great uh, time of relaxation. But since I was also in the National Committee for the Holy Father's visit, you know, I, I traveled along. Uh, but, oh. but thank God, since I was not in charge, you know, <laughs> nor, nor was I in those local teams, I was just there as an observer. Uh, it, w- it became much more enjoyable, that's for sure. Not that it was enjoyable here, it was very enjoyable here. But of course, you know, you have also the, the stress to make sure that things, you know, details, make sure that everything works out well and that people are doing what they should be doing. And of course, people were wonderful. People were really great. Uh, again, this could not have been accomplished without the, the, the help of so many different people. Uh, it was really a, an amazing, amazing... Uh, I mean, as I look back, it was, so, it was really miraculous that, that all of this came together. Yeah, I think uh, the idea of the, the miracle being fulfilled is a, is a good place to leave off on. Uh, Monsignor Pablo Navarro, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and, and sharing uh, just invaluable insight. You. Um, and God bless you as well, sir. Uh, and and, and um, I thank you, and I'm sure the listeners thank you as well. It's a joy speaking to you, Matthew. That was Reverend Monsignor Pablo Navarro of St. John Vianney College Seminary and Graduate School in Westchester for an enlightening conversation. Again, thank you so much to Monsignor Navarro for his time and his insight. Uh, I will ask you... Uh, Loyal listeners, fantastic listeners as always, please make sure you're following uh, This Day in Miami History on your preferred social media platform. Uh, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we are at This Day Miami Pod. And I can finally reveal the uh, somewhat secretive secret that I shared in the episode last week. Monsignor Navarro alluded to the fact in the interview that there were photos of uh, His Holiness Pope John Paul II's Mass in Tamiami Park inside the trailer 
after the rain began. Uh, I was able to procure uh, some photos of photos of that mass, uh, thanks in small part to uh, my father-in-law, uh, Deacon Felipe Gomez, uh, visiting Monsignor this week. Um, so I will be sharing uh, some select photos from uh, the St. John Vianney collection uh, on social media this week. These are photos that likely have not been seen by the vast majority of Catholics in Miami, by the vast majority of Miamians in general. Uh, and so I'm really excited to share them. Again, they might be available when this episode drops on Monday. If not, definitely follow at This Day Miami Pod. Uh, they will be uh, appearing later this week. I'm, I'm very excited because they are uh, one of a kind. Uh, really excited to share these more broadly. And, and I thank Monsignor Navarro uh, for uh, signing off on that and giving the okay. Um, ThisDayMiamiPod.com is our website. Uh, we'll be uploading this episode there as well. Uh, you can see the full collection of episodes and detailed episode notes there. Uh, and please do uh, make sure you follow This Day in Miami History on your preferred podcast provider. If you're already listening to the episode and you don't, uh, just check out in the app and hit the old plus sign or check mark or, or whatever your uh, provider uses to follow along and get notified immediately when new episodes drop. There is at least one per month. There will be one episode next month for sure. And we are looking forward to producing it. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your time and your interest in Miami history. And I've been Matthew Bunch. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.